Twice a week, Van Lathan and Rachel Lindsay dissect the biggest topics in Black culture, politics, and sports on their show, Higher Learning. They discuss the most important and timely conversations while also frequently inviting guests on the podcast and occasionally debating each other. Check out Higher Learning on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right, it's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet, and the other, well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by Priceline. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place, whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. For me, my happy place is in the Mediterranean. I think I've mentioned that. Maybe it's why I like Love Island so much because they're right by the Mediterranean. But I just love the feeling of being in the sea and it's just a great sea. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals. And you even get to choose your crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. And for me, I'd love to go on a trip to the Mediterranean with friends. In fact, I might be doing that in the near future. I have done it before, And it was really some of the most fun I've ever had. I went to Sicily. We had some great swimming there, me and my friends. Anyway, if you want to have a similar experience, download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy price with Priceline. People don't realize because you only only see a snippet of Peter is that he's awful all day long. He walks into the room. He walks into the room with catchphrases no. like no and you you literally can't Say even again, hear yourself baby. think Say it's it like again. there's 30 guys but only one person can't shut the f- up if it's not peter or pizza it's never coming out of that mouth Welcome to Bachelor Party. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm here with Callie Curry. Hi, Callie. Hello, hello. Men tell all week. This is my least favorite episode every season of both The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Men, men tell all, women tell all, total waste. It's not my least favorite, but this is my least favorite episode in Bachelor history, I think. It was awful. Honestly, I was embarrassed. I was like, I'm embarrassed to be associated with this, and I'm barely associated with it. I was it just like, this wasn't is so good. bad. <laughs> what was the cringiest moment for you? Any of the audience stuff, like, has to be, like, planted and fake, right? The, I think the worst yeah, is when the yeah. guy took his clothes off. And clearly he wasn't naked. Like, clearly. I mean, yeah. But also, it's just, like, then they, like, go to the guy's reactions. And I'm like, they must have edited those reactions from other parts. Because I can't yeah. imagine any of the guys being like, oh, my gosh. Like, obviously, this is fake. It's just... yeah. Uh, usually okay I like the tell I love women tell all love those you do um, but, why yeah I don't know you know it's fun to hear, like, you know, yeah behind the he- scenes drums that we don't really know like the only thing I got from this episode was like I loved how I can't remember Casey 
was telling us about how Jamie was actually in the house, about how mm-hmm. he was telling everyone how wonderful they were and like such a great spirit, which completely aligns with him being like, you know, maybe like not living in reality. Um, and then he also spoke about how Peter was like saying DiGiorno and stuff like that. Like all of that makes more sense on how they were treated on the show. I think he was saying Bajorno. I think oh. he was not even <laughs> like kidding. he didn't even get like I I actually like DiGiorno pizza. I'm an oven, I'm an oven pizza fan. Me I like DiGiorno. And I but he wasn't even saying that. It was like something that like rhymed with DiGiorno. It was super weird. Yeah. So like those moments were the only time where I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense why people really didn't like Peter on day one. Because like we thought that Will was really aggressive in that first one. But now I'm like, maybe Will was saying what everyone else was thinking. And yeah, then um, the Jamie stuff makes more sense because I felt like the guys were shocked it was him. And I was yeah, like, well, no. if he's going around being like Mr. Positive and telling everyone how great they were. And then behind the scenes, which Michelle literally said, you you were that you were such a great, like uplifting person in front of people's faces, but you talked about them behind their back. And then he he was like, no, I didn't. It was one clip. And it was like, Jamie, what reality are you in? He is just like, he was smiling the whole time in a way that I found very creepy. It's yeah. like, it's like his frozen face. It's like, it was the opposite of like resting bitch face. It was like resting fake smile face. It was super creepy. And I was like, it kind of made him look like a clown. Like it was like a painted on smile of some kind. It was, yeah. Ah, painted on smile. Definitely. Like I can, I know exactly what you're talking about when I think about his face. <laughs> um, yeah, it was like, it was really strange. He's he's a creeper. It's too bad because we all, I, I mean, me and the guys, we all want to like Jamie. I mean, it seemed like we were on his team and then he was like a full 180. Yeah. I I don't, I, I he's just very, he needs help. Yeah. That's, that's all I'll say. Um, On the back half of this episode, I have an interview with Romeo, Romeo Alexander, and he said that they called him um, Ted Talk Jamie in the oh, house yeah. and, like, and, like, and like other things like that. And uh, anyway, you'll, you'll hear from him. And by the way, I just want to say that was that was taped before the Mentel All, so no specific questions before that about that. But anyway, um, it definitely aligned with what he was saying. I just felt like ten minutes into this Mentel All, I was like, oh, okay, this is this is what this is going to be. It, it was the the first thirty minutes were painful. It actually got better by the end when they had like kind of like some housekeeping to go through, but it just felt so 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 fake. I mean, yeah, it was unbearable. But like. Even the guys seemed fake. Like it seemed like they gave them lines or they were like, whoever can be the most obnoxious is going to make it to paradise. Like I didn't, it seemed like some sort of competition because then there was guys like Casey spoke an enormous amount. Romeo spoke an enormous amount. Um, uh, Will too much. I know. And then, and then like even Rick said some things where I'm like, this is not you, Rick. I love Rick. He seems sweet. I love Rick. Although but he like he was like fake crying at one point, and also he was like fake crying when after they showed his like highlight reel or whatever. Um, he had tears. So he had like watery eyes, and I was like, "Are you really that upset?" I mean, come on, man. I will say, PJ came across excellent. Excellent. We knew it. We could tell. Yeah. We knew we needed more PJ this whole season. Loved him. Excellent. And Rodney, of course, still is like beloved. And Olu, Olu was great. Oh, lo- Olu, Olu was great. I also loved his orange suit. I thought he looked really good in it. He likes to, it was like casual, but appropriate for TV. Overall, I'll give this episode a F. Oh my God. (laughs) I mean, I think I will too. The most fake part for me, and 
I'll probably get heat for this. I don't care. Tasha crying about Zach. I mean, the way that Caitlin turned to her, it was like, Tasha, we have to discuss that you're not wearing your engagement ring. What's going on with your relationship? That was the fakest, stupidest thing ever. It, obviously, she had to like set up the conversation. I guess they wanted to acknowledge it, but then it seemed like Keisha was just like fake crying. And that was so bizarre. Like, it didn't have to do it that way. I don't think they needed to address it at all. Like, I, I completely not, agree. It's I, not a, I had forgotten it's not about Yeah, it's not about you. Um, also, no one even noticed, I assume, like, no one even noticed that she's not wearing her wedding ring. We all know on Instagram that it's over. So I was just like, why did they put that in there? And then I'm like, you can't put that in there and then give us zero details. I know. Like you didn't even tell us anything. All you said was it's over. And she was like, oh, we tried really hard, which like, sure. But I'm like, okay, what are you giving? Like, you can't make us listen to this and not give us a single shred of juice. Like, I know what I still have no idea what happened. I know the exact amount that I knew before the show. Right. Like, was it the distance? Was it that you wanted different things? Like, just give a reason. Was it the yelling at the at the marathon? (laughs) What was it? So I now think that they must have timed the announcement of them breaking up with the Mentel All filming. I don't know when they filmed the Mentel All, but they usually do it like two or three weeks before it airs. And I don't know because I don't want to Google it because if I Google it, I'm a fear will get, will get spoilers and I don't want to know who won. I, I'm positive this would lead me to reality, Steve. And so I haven't looked into it. But I now think that they announced it when they did because they probably had just filmed the men tell all and people who were there, even if they sign NDAs or whatever, there's an audience, like there'll be leaks. And so they probably wanted to orchestrate it that way. Um, and I wonder, and they maybe were like already broken up by the marathon because people, I remember, I remember people commenting on like how their posts about each, about the marathon were like very little emphasis on each other. So I don't know. And then she leaves the stage and I'm just like, did she have to go to the bathroom? Like, and, and Caitlin was like, let's just give Tasha a moment. And then when she comes back, they don't address it. No, even like, are you okay? Like, is it hard for you to like be in this setting? They just moved on. (laughs) We got two sentences that gave us absolutely nothing, and then we rolled through. Yeah, it was just like on to the next. It was it was so so dumb. Um, we, let's go back to Peter versus Will for a second. I mean, I looked into the reviews. There are, in fact, the one star reviews they referenced across both Yelp <sighs> and Google. Um, Peter, I didn't realize Peter was only twenty six. I feel like he seemed older. Not that that's relevant, but I actually do think him having a pizza restaurant at twenty six is kind of impressive. I mean, sure. <laughs> I I can't. I couldn't. Did, I why would they even talk about these reviews? Why would they put them up there? I you know what? I don't think that Caitlin and Tasha are the best hosts. Yeah. But like there's no host in the world that could have made this good. Right. And that's certainly not their fault. Like they weren't like, no. let's do this dumb thing or whatever. Yeah. And like reading them out loud, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. Like the pizza tastes like it, like it's been soaked in pool water. Like <laughs> it was just so bad. A producer probably wrote that. You said, I mean, when I told you I found them and you were like, they had to make them real. I, a producer probably wrote that for the purpose yeah. of the show. And I'm sure they told Will, like, we're going to set you up to make it seem like you wrote them. But like, he if didn't you're Will, deny it. He didn't yeah, deny if it. You're, if you're Will, aren't you like, no? Yeah, it's embarrassing. So embarrassing. Also, they called him Willie Joel. I was wondering if that's his real name. I don't 
I couldn't, I couldn't tell. They called him Willie Joel Arena. And I was like, what, is that his real name? <laughs> I have no idea. It's, also, where is this pizza place? What state? Uh, it's in Florida. Like Port I knew it. Port St. Lucie. <laughs> um, I thought it was a, a port. Is there Port St. Joe by any chance? Mm. Yes, there is. It's in Port St. Joe, Florida. I've never even on, heard of Port St. Joe. Which is on um, the Gulf on the other side. Port St. Joe? Yes, it's on St. Joseph's Bay. What's the closest pretty, big city? It's pretty close to Alabama. Oh, he's from the Panhandle. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's really close to Alabama. It's close, Port close to Panama Saint City. Joe. I mean, I have never been to the Panhandle. I've never been to the Gulf side of Florida either. Um, not the best water, but yeah, there's like that was like that crazy oil spill not too long yeah. ago. Deep but water horizon. Port, I mean, not port, they don't. Uh Pensacola. Mm-hmm. Beautiful beaches. Like okay. unreal. Noted. Unreal I mean, beaches. Siesta Key looks nice. That's on the on the Gulf side, isn't it? Um, yes. Sarasota area. That looks nice too. Um, wow, Pensacola is also really close to Alabama. Yeah. Pensac- I have to I, I need to work on my uh my geography. Pensacola <laughs> is a like um a big vacation spot. Yes, I knew that. And also, like, I feel like when we were kids and uh, I was watching Nickelodeon, they always had, like, trip free trips to different parts of Florida. Like, usually it was to, like, the space camp in Florida, but sometimes it would be, like, to Pensacola or whatever. <laughs> yeah, Pensacola is... It's a great beach. Great, great beach. Okay. All right, noted. I went there during the pandemic. Um. <laughs> okay. No, that's... I'm sure. I'm actually, I'm surprised to hear that since I know that you're like very COVID safe and I can't imagine Pensacola is particularly COVID safe. Uh, it was not. We did not leave the house. <laughs> okay. There we go. <laughs> no, we were on the beach and the beaches are so nice. It's like white. I'm not a big like shell. In, well, you guys know I don't like sand that much. Um, the Chanel of dirt, by the way. <laughs> This is like the Chanel of the Chanel of dirt in Pensacola. <laughs> it is white, soft sand. I'm not a shells in the sand type of beach person. So you you like man-made beaches is what you're saying? Uh, is this a man-made beach? I'm sure it's like cultivated because natural beaches have shells because there's an ecosystem. It's fine. It's like, it's just how it goes. I don't, I mean, I got to look into this. More research on beaches coming soon. On the side, uh, on the topic of Chanel, I was walking around Soho yesterday. <laughs> Chanel has like, I guess they only allow like a certain number of people in the store at one time, and so they have heaters outside the store, like while you wait online, like they like really like treat you well. And people were like waiting. I've never been in the store, and I was going to this to Woolrich to look at um, coats because I'm obsessed with outerwear. But I was like, wow, they really treat their they really treat their customers nice here. Well, so. if you're if you're gonna make one purchase for over six grand, I'm gonna need a fucking heater while I wait outside. This is also completely unrelated, but have you ever heard of Sweet Chick? Um, Why does that sound uh, familiar? Fried chicken? Chicken? Yeah. Yeah. I know it because James and Lala had their famous pasta fight at Sweet Chick in LA. And he screams, it's not about the pasta. But also in Soho yesterday, I was walking around and there's a sweet, there's a sweet chick food truck with like ASAP worldwide branding. I guess that's like ASAP Rocky or whatever. And the ASAP, ASAP mob. And there was the longest line I've ever seen. Like for a, for a fried chicken 
Chuck. And I was like, do you think, do you guys think ASAP Rocky is appearing here? Like what's going on? Right, it was so Maybe it's like a trendy weird. thing. I tr- and then I like tried to like search on Twitter and then I was just like, I guess like all the cool people have moved off of Twitter. So like I would need to go on TikTok to like really figure out what's happening here. <laughs> but I couldn't, well, I, I couldn't guess, figure it out. I guess that's how you define cool. I'm a, I love Twitter. Twitter's my, I mean, Twitter is my. It's good for information. Number one app. It's good for information. It is number one. Number wow. one so, no, number one social media app, I should say. Gotcha. Yeah. It's my it, number one anymore, app. It's probably, I check Coinbase an unhealthy amount. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you, you've been influenced by all the NBA courts that have coin, Coinbase.com <laughs> advertisements. <laughs> I love to know what's happening in the crypto space. <laughs> Um, anyway, back to the Bachelorette. Sorry. I feel like, I feel like some of these guys would love this conversation. Um, I have to say the highlight of the episode, Clayton teaser. I think this season looks good. It does. He's, I love it when they sleep with all of the contestants. I'm kind of confused though. Cause did it not show us who the final two was? No. Uh, it probably was like deception, deceptive, I guess. I guess it showed us one of the girls when he was, when she, but it could have been like it was a Frankenbite, right? Where you heard one of them say, like, so he's in love with three of us. And that, but like no, but they then showed you when a he face. was like, I was intimate with both of you. He had two girls staying there. Who knows if that's actually the final two, though? That might have oh, been like a fake I mean, out. Yeah, I guess. I can't. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, maybe, maybe it was. I can't imagine they're that stupid. It seemed but... like a lot of information. I was happy about it, but it seemed like a lot of information. I can't imagine Clayton like you know, slanging D on episode four. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows though? I But like, I am excited. I was like, oh, this show looks good. I feel like it's going it to gonna be better than it has been. So great promo. Um, also, the- but you also, you know, it made me think about like, because I was like, wow, this looks really good. But also I'm like, we've had two Bachelorette seasons, Bachelors in Paradise. And the last bachelor was Matt. So it's been a long time since we've had, and and not Matt's fault at all, but it just wasn't a good season. Not his fault, again, saying that. But like, we haven't had a regular bachelor season. Since Peter. In like a year, over a year. Way longer than a year. It's going to be two years in January. Because that's when Peter's season was. It hasn't, was it really that long? Ago? Yeah, because of COVID, it wow. got messed up. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so yeah. Because Peter's finale was like two days before everything shut down basically when there was like the okay so clayton's season looks really great i think though also because i was like wow this looks so amazing and then i'm like probably anyone's would have looked amazing because we haven't had a good one in a long time <laughs> so imagine if he was andrew s or my boy greg <laughs> i just think it looks like it's gonna be messy and that's good i want messy love and mess. like messy for the right reasons not the wrong ones also messy, but still real connections being formed. Cause like he was crying. So I'm like, I'm into it. Also, the guys all seem to like him, which made me, and yeah. that, that actually seemed like genuine. I will say anything around Clayton seemed better than everything else. It was more genuine than Tasha crying over breaking up with her fiance. That's for I sure. I didn't like how they were like me knowing Clayton. Like he really wants it. I'm like, you guys don't know him that well. Stop. <laughs> I mean, we don't know anything about Clayton. Someone who was it? Um, I think it was Rodney. Was like I've I've spoken to Clayton. I'm like, okay, they were on the show for a while together. But then someone else said something, and I was like, bro, stop. I think these guys do become friends. First of all, I think it takes a certain type of person to want to go on the show, right? So when you find yeah. when you find your when you find your village, you got to stick with them. So I think there's that, and then 
he does sort of seem like inoffensive. So maybe that's why they all liked him. Like a joke. Yeah, basically. (laughs) The blooper with Joe when he was like, he said like rubbing off. What did he say? It was like rubbing off or something. Yeah, he rubbed rubbed people off the wrong way. He rubbed off, (laughs) or he rubbed people off the wrong way. (laughs) Yeah. I wish they showed that shit in the show. Like, I'm like, that's funny. Yeah, and it made him seem so cute. I honestly don't think Joe could do much that would make me be like, ew. Like that moment for me, maybe if there was someone else, I'd be like, what an idiot. And with Joe, I was just like, oh my God, so cute. (laughs) No one has worn clothes better on television in quite some time. Like there's just, I mean, there's something about like a really hot guy looking great in their clothes that just makes you want to take their clothes off. Like I'm just like, oh my God, you look great. Also, he has an, like his smile is just addicting. Hard to believe he's not a model. Hard to believe he's single. I know. He must just have major commitment problems, like big time. That's my that's No, my I take. think he's like, doesn't have game. Like he's super shy. Yeah, I guess. So, I guess. I think I that's know. maybe like he has to be forced in these situations. I guess so. I guess. <sighs> Who knows? Um, last person we need to hit on, Martin. Really weird Martin performance. Out of honest, listen, I think Jamie had the worst performance. Like I left the show disliking Jamie the most. Um, but Martin clearly had a girlfriend I hate the whole Martin. time. I actually, pref- I definitely prefer Jamie to Martin. I hate Martin. He grosses me out. First of all, I hate his blonde hair. I still don't think he gets it. He's just a dick. Yeah, he's a he total was, he asshole. Was like, but like, no, but I don't even think that. Like, I think he's. I think he doesn't comprehend that what he said was offensive. Like, he's like, I, it came across the wrong way. And I was like, it can't come across anyway. It was not good. Like, say sorry for saying what you said because you didn't mean what you said. And he's like, it just came out the wrong way. And I'm like, no, it didn't. It shouldn't have come out at all. He did admit to lying, which I appreciated. Um, he did not admit to having a girlfriend the entire time, which he clearly did, but he did say, I broke up with her before I got on the show. And then we got back together. Also found it really strange. I feel like his girlfriend made him say this, but he was like, because of this show, I found my soulmate. Yeah. (laughs) I also, (laughs) Michelle's advice on how to like treat a woman. I agree with a lot of it, but like, just not every woman has to be a queen. Like I, this sort of like, Treat her like a queen, make her feel like a queen. I understand it's sort of like in the vernacular these days. Like, it's just like how people talk, but I don't like it either. There's nothing wrong with being just a regular person with a great relationship. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> I also I sometimes I'm like, it's not that deep. Right. He was just a dick. I mean, be nice. Be nice. Laugh at my jokes. I will say my daughter called me Queen Mommy the other day and I really liked it. That is sweet. But outside, yeah, outside, if if Seth were ever to be like my queen, I'd be like, what? Who are you talking about? <laughs> if you call me a queen, then I'm going to need a solid gold crown. <laughs> I need something. Like, queen is just a lot for me. I don't want to be a queen. I was just reading about the... um. The prime minister of Finland. I was reading about it on TMZ. Not that deep. She's 36 and she was partying until 4 a.m. And I was like, that's my type of leader. I love it. It's great. Very normal. Also, I'll take anyone under 50. Anyone. <laughs> I know. Anyone who can stay Actually, out till 4. I can, I can lower the bar. Anyone under 70. 
doesn't and seem now, like we have anyone. I know. We, there's there's not there's not a deep bench. Um, uh, but no, Martin is do, do we did you not think Romeo spoke a lot? Romeo spoke so much, which I'm glad about because I as I've been talking about it for weeks, I wanted to interview him. He spoke so much. I thought that was strange. I'm like, are they setting him up for like paradise or? Uh, yeah. I, just, I felt like if we're based, which this is what I said, it seemed like they told them whoever's the most obnoxious is going to make it onto paradise. So I was like, okay, cool. Casey's on paradise. Romeo's on paradise. Will is on paradise. Olu's on definitely paradise. on paradise. Olu's on, I mean, they even mentioned, was no, for was Rod- Rodney. For Rodney, Rodney. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, Rodney, you're probably better than that, but go have fun. Um, so I talked to Romeo. It was a few days ago. I was like super excited. I was like, you're the first Romeo I've ever spoken to. And he was like, cool. He was like, I've met many Juliets. <laughs> I was like, okay. I don't know a lot of Juliets. That's interesting. I know. Well, I could he... see a lot of Juliets being in math major. Really? Yeah, for sure. Oh, okay. Juliets seems studious. All right. Well, I was a good student, so that's correct. Um, Romeo was very nice, but I have to say like, I think he thought I was insane. So <laughs> <laughs> I was just really excited. I was like, this is thrilling for me. And he was like, yeah, it's great. Thanks. <laughs> um, Romeo also looks up to a lot of people. I know. Kept, kept saying that on the show. I know. He like looked up to Jamie. I think that Romeo, based on our conversation, which you'll all hear shortly, is like going through a bit of a life overhaul. I got the impression he's like reevaluating some things, which is like why he went on the show. So he kind of says that he, you know, he references his own therapy, which, which I love and support, but love um, actually seriously, love me too. he, he was really great. I don't, I don't mean to shade him at all. I, I quite enjoyed talking to him, but I just thought it was really funny that I was like so much more excited about it than he was. So it's, it's a class, it's a classic me, you know? <laughs> um, I still think it's, I mean, I don't know. I would think it's cool. Romeo and Juliet. I guess if you've met a ton of Juliet's, he's, it seems like based on what you're saying that he was over it, over it, didn't want to talk about the joke. He, well, I kind of like assaulted him with it. Like he comes on the zoom. I'm like, we'll get started in a minute, but I'm so excited. You're the first Romeo. Plus we went to like, like kind of like sister high schools or like sibling high school. So like, I was excited about that too. And I was just like, I don't know. I just was like, wanted to talk about all of our commonalities. And he, um, this was like, let's start. Yeah, no, he was really nice though. He's I like, did, press record. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "So, are we going or what?" <laughs> um, but I did, I did quite enjoy our conversation. We could, I could have talked to him for a lot longer. Um, Ooh, sparks. Uh, maybe I don't know. You'll have to listen. Let me know. Um, sparks from your does, side. <laughs> he lives in New York. I mean, he's quite attractive. Very cute. Very smart. I mean, he went to Harvard. It's great. I don't uh, like his blonde tips, but. They're gone. That's part of the that's part of the great reveal. I was I agree. Oh, I they're gone like, now, but they're yes. on. Okay, okay. He has a mustache right now, which I also kind of thought was charming. I don't know. Anyway, um, thank you all for listening. Weird schedule, but we'll be back next Tuesday as per usual. Who knows? With a this, much better episode. We hope. yeah, definitely. Who knows what this Thursday will bring? I'll have to figure that out. Um. And in case you're wondering, we're really into Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. So we think you should watch. Right, Callie? Um, yeah, top, top tier reality television. So and good. I wish the Bachelor franchise would hire the editors from a Housewives season. Totally it's agree. It's so good. It's very meta. It's excellent. All right. And without further ado, here's Romeo. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right. It's official. 
I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet, and the other, well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee eBay knows that when it comes to jewelry, authenticity is the real gem. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, it means your next piece will be carefully inspired by jewelry experts and will always be worth its weight in gold. Whether you're looking to make a statement or build the perfect everyday look, eBay is making sure you get the real deal. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that jaw-dropping piece will always arrive jaw-droppingly real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Romeo, welcome. Hello, hello. I finally found my Juliet. Oh my God. You're literally the first Romeo I've ever met. The only other Romeo in my world is the rapper slash singer Little Romeo, who's no longer popular. So (laughs) this is a really, really big day for me. I can't even (laughs) explain it. I'm so excited. Thank you for coming on. (laughs) Uh, Thank you. Um, In your life, how many times have people asked you, like, where's Juliet? (laughs) <laughs> many times, but it's gone to the point. I think people are so self-conscious. I've gotten the question, how many times have people asked you about Juliet? More <laughs> than people actually <laughs> ask me about Juliet. So the, the meta question outnumbers the actual question. I have been being, I have been asked about where's my Romeo so many times, particularly by Uber drivers. They're like, do you have a Romeo or where's your Romeo? I'm just like, okay, no. And it, it's really, it's like just not funny. But I feel like we can commiserate over this. Yeah. Well, I do appreciate Romeo Santos becoming hugely popular, especially here in Harlem. Uh, they, they love him here. They play his music all the time. So people don't ask me about Juliet in my neighborhood. <laughs> Instead, they, they, they're like, oh, do you sing? Like, can you do bachata? You're, you're like the singer, right? So, you know, it's, it's all relative. That's nice. Um, also, Romeo Langford on the Celtics. I don't know if you follow hoops, but I was like, oh, okay, cool. Got a Romeo in the NBA. Yeah. That's exciting think, for me as well. I think David Beckham's son is named Romeo too. Victoria Beckham. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's one of the he's one of the less famous Beckham children, actually. But I actually saw him. Uh, I used to live in LA and one time I did a soul cycle class and Posh and Bex were there and their kids were waiting in the wait in like the, the lobby and it was incredibly exciting so Romeo Beckham was there so I guess I have encountered a Romeo before but never like in a full-on conversation so this is as I said a true thrill for me <laughs> um I really don't like being called Julie or Julia so also when I have to like give my name for an order like for this example this morning when I got my bagel sandwich I always say Juliet like Romeo and also to like cut it off I'm just like I know it's coming so I just try to get ahead of it. And that usually works too. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. We don't need to talk about your name the whole time. Um, but oh, we could, if you'd like to. We could. We could. Well, I mean, sometimes when people ask me like why, why I got the name or why my dad had the audacity to to name me that, uh, I go into the whole story about my uh, 
my dad was a musician. He was an entertainer. Uh, his name was Charles. Uh, and he very quickly changed it to Prince Charles when he uh, performed because uh, he wanted something more more shocking. And he uh, he definitely had like a big fan base in the UK. And uh, he, he kind of just wanted to give me a name that had a built-in uh, nickname or not even just uh, he wanted to give me a built-in uh, performer's name. Uh, so the, nice. <laughs> the, the irony is that I didn't take to music. I didn't become a performer. I didn't do anything like that. I, I actually like to be the exact opposite and just became a good schoolboy and mathematician. Well, and never really utilized uh, the name, uh, with the exception of, I guess, maybe the show. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, I have a lot of questions. I'll also tell you how I got my name. But before before that, I do. I was just discussing this with my dad based on the Beatles documentary on Disney Plus, which is. I don't know if you've watched it, but I do feel like musical geniuses and math geniuses have like a lot in common in terms of how their brains work. Like, I don't feel like it's a mistake that maybe your father's a musician and you're a mathematician. Cause like, aren't they like actually quite similar ways of thinking and like yeah. seeing the world? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, there's a lot of commonality. Uh, my dad's now a, uh, a professor of music production and half the stuff he, oh, cool. he teaches is, I mean, he's doing like Fourier transforms and like signal processing on the audio. He's doing a lot of computer science stuff uh, too, in addition to music. So yeah, I mean, we were even like talking about, I don't know, just like the invention of chords by Pythagoras over the Thanksgiving like, <laughs> <laughs> conversation. That's <laughs> Which, awesome. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, yeah. Every year we, we, we make new discoveries. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, there absolutely is, is a connection to math music. I, I feel like more than half of my fellow math majors in college were like very good musicians. Uh, but uh, I really wanted to be a math major, but it didn't work out. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I took AP stats in high school and I was like, oh, math, this is fun. Then <laughs> I just became an English major as far away as possible. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm sure you have, <laughs> but I'm sure there's some latent uh, ability. I think my dad is still trying to get me to make music. So uh, watch out. I might, you know, have a SoundCloud with some music on its own. Do you like play the guitar? Any, any musical aptitude? Uh, I, I play uh, the piano and I uh, kind of grew up playing classical piano. Uh, oh nice and, yeah it was fun but it was very classic like my, my my mother was like a little bit of a tiger mom just like made me practice a lot <laughs> i played the piano and the clarinet and then i quit both when i got to high school i was just like i'm out so uh, yeah. <laughs> i actually went to music school talk about being a dork i went to music school and when i was in lmg in middle school like on the side oh before Bronx Science. Yeah, well, I went to I went to Bank Street, but like after school, I went to Manus, which was like this school of music where like if you took lessons, you also had to take music theory classes. So oh, wow. it was like it was intense, but I mean, I did really like it. But then I think you get to high school and you're just like, oh well, I don't want to do anything but hang out with my friends. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, um, Romeo, how did you end up on the Bachelorette? Like, where did they find you? Uh, they found me on LinkedIn. Uh, they sent me a message <laughs> and, uh, I mean, okay, this whole story, um, I'm almost embarrassed to say that, uh, I didn't even know that the bachelor bachelorette existed what? Uh, a, a year ago. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you had, do you watch me, TV? I, yeah, I, I watched like scripted stuff. My dad watches reality TV. Uh, and I remember when like all this stuff first started, you know, 
really getting going in the 90s. I remember when Survivor started. I think the first season of reality TV I really ever watched was The Apprentice. And then I did watch like Joe Schmo or Joe Millionaire or something like that. Those were like all the first half of the 2000, like the first decade of the, the first like, The Bachelor started in 2002, Survivor started in 2000. I think Joe Millionaire was like 2004 and The Apprentice was like 2006-ish. Yeah. I do have a vague recollection in college there were some girls doing a watch party for The Bachelor. That was like the first time I had heard of it, but I didn't know anything about it since. But then during quarantine, uh, January this past year, my my dad, uh, he kept calling me and was like, you got to check out the show. They, They got like the first Black Bachelor. You know, this is a momentous thing. And uh, I I didn't get around to watching it until the, the after the final Rose special. Uh, that was the first time I saw Michelle to, <laughs> uh, on TV. And uh, and I was like, well, this is really compelling drama. Uh, very interesting. Was like real, raw emotions. And um, But what was funny was the, the whole time my dad was watching, he was like, you should watch it because you might end up on this thing one day. <laughs> I was like, sure. <laughs> What are you talking about? Uh, and uh, a week after that season ended, I got a, a message uh, in, uh, on LinkedIn. My LinkedIn was like very active because I had been like trying to get a job, and I had just gotten a job. But now I'm like trying to, you know, always very active on LinkedIn. Um, but, it, but this message definitely stood out. It said, you know, they're uh, they're looking for people uh, to." Uh, you know, to, to be on the show. So then at that point, I had to really think uh, hard about it and, you know, try to understand the show more and uh, and then finally submit my application. So they reached out to you and then you applied. Does your dad have anything to do with you ending up on the show? Like, this is, Yeah, it, it, as did, I'm telling the story, I'm like, maybe he did nominate me. <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah, seriously, because that's like, that's a lot of like kismet coming together. I, I don't know if you believe in like fate. I watch a lot of rom-coms, so I only kind of do. Um, the kind of is from rom-coms, but um, I feel like otherwise that's just way too much coincidence. I You might need to ask your dad, <laughs> ask him directly if he nominated you. Um, what was the application process like? Oh, um, it was, well, I guess what was unique was that it was uh, all done during uh, this pandemic. So it was uh, a, a lot more Zoom than I imagined it used to be. Um, but other than that, than that it was... Um, it's funny because I just, I kind of just went in uh, treating it like, uh, let's see, matchmaking service slash therapy. And I was just like myself. I think that's <laughs> what they want. That's probably and, why you got on the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, uh, you know, just a lot of questions about dating life, dating history, and, you know, what, what are you looking for in a relationship, that type of stuff. Interesting. Okay. So the first piece of Bachelor media you ever saw was Emmanuel Acho hosting the After the Final Rose. Yeah. yeah. And you were like, yes, I want to be a part of that. <laughs> well, it was, <laughs> I think it was, at that point I had to start doing research and I asked her, like, I was amazed. I just, I started bringing it up at, the, at my company. I was amazed at how popular it is and half the, the company watches it. My, uh, my CEO actually is a, is a big fan. Oh so, wow, man or woman? Uh, he's a he's a guy. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I, the Bachelor. I have a theory. The Bachelor is more popular with men. Bachelorette is more popular with women. But women watch both. But men yeah. don't necessarily watch both. Well, I do have a feeling that. Um, but it also depends on the age. I feel like uh, it's 
among college students, it seems to be a lot of women. But then I feel like when you get to like my age or 30s, a lot of the guys I talk to, they, they've had a few girlfriends who are really into it. <laughs> so, yeah, and then that's what happens. And then they continue watching it afterwards. Um, totally. That's I, kind yeah. of, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, interrupt you. But I also have like a bunch of colleagues who say that they did grow up watching it because their mothers were into it as well. So you get that as well. There's a bunch of people on the show like that now, too. They're like, yeah, I grew up watching it with my mom. Like Peter Weber, who was The Bachelor, he he said that he used to watch it with his mom all the time. Um, but that is definitely true. I used to host a podcast with called The Right Reasons a few years ago with um, a guy who we would get a lot of listeners who were like, this is the only podcast we can listen to together like as a, as like a married couple, husband and wife, because we like watch reality TV together. It does seem to be like a, it brings a lot of, it, it adds some glue to some relationships and becomes like a, a joint project at home, essentially. Yes, yes. I, I did watch reality TV and, and some previous relationships, but it was more like HGTV, Property Brothers. Uh, Love the Property like, Brothers. Uh, yeah. And, and the cooking shows too, like Chopped, all that. So. Sure. Um, any House Hunters? I feel like that's a good couple show too. Yeah. Like it's, it's always like, you know, the guy has to make sure there's room for like his den and the woman has to make sure there's room for her shoes. They're the most like heteronormative television shows. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I also really loved and was addicted to uh, Terrace House, though. So that oh that, yeah, too. Terrace House is great. All seasons, all like all locations, Tokyo, Hawaii. Uh, I think I watched like four seasons, like Tokyo and Hawaii, and then uh, the one in the in the mountains in the north. So. Oh yeah, the mountains. That was season two. That was good. I like Terrace House is great because it has that aspect of I don't know if you ever watched the Real World, but um, in the beginning, like people would move to a city, like. And, ha- and like look for a job like it wasn't like the job was being on the show it was like okay you live here but you also are trying to be a singer or a rapper or whatever so i always like that i um i always like to know people's careers so i like when it's a part of the show <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um so what was the experience like i mean that's the broadest question possible but i guess like what were you expecting going into it and then what was it actually like oh uh, i <sighs> I had no idea what was going to happen. Um, like, did you know it would be in Palm Springs? Like, did you know it would be 110 degrees outside oh, in the sweltering oh. sun? Well, uh, I mean, a lot of this, a lot of that information you're not uh, aware of until the last minute when you actually have to like get on a plane and go. A lot of stuff is kept under wraps, and confidential, and that's like part of. Part of the process and part of what's enjoyable is just um, uh, feeling like everything's so unpredictable. Uh, and that adds to the thrill. Uh, did I know it was going to be 110 degrees? Uh, <laughs> I knew it was going to be hot. <laughs> desert. <laughs> but I didn't know. Actually, if anything, I just... I knew that we were probably going to be in a warm place. It was summer. I didn't know exactly what... For the longest time, I thought we were just going to be like in L.A. or something. like. A, uh, but... Um, yeah, but what, what did I? I mean, I knew it's a competitive, you know, dating show, um, but I was still very confused about like who the other people were. The thing I was most nervous about was these other guys were because I tried researching before and I just was cramming these episodes in, but it was just so hard, you know, trying to watch it on the plane and all this. I managed to get through two thirds of JoJo season. Oh, that's uh, a good one. Someone told me. That's where I should start. Okay, I was like, and then huh. uh, why? Just got what was a, what was the reason for starting there? I, I think I I was told that that 
season had a lot of um a, a lot of like professionals and like men with uh with good jobs or something like that. Uh, I don't think that was true. Was that true? It wasn't true. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to remember, but like Robbie, who came in second, was like, I don't know. All I can remember about him is he didn't wear socks and he had like a lot of bronzer or like self-tanner. Um, I'm not a Robbie fan, but I mean, Jordan and then Jordan was a Ro- is a Rogers. So it's like so distracting. Interesting. Well, I, I guess... I, someone told me it was like it was a serious season or something, and and, and there was romance and all that. And then I watched it. And I'm like, this this is a lot of Chad going on right now. <laughs> oh right, Chad with the meat. He's like ate the cold cuts. Yeah. So I feel like going in like eighty to eighty percent of my knowledge about The Bachelor was don't be like Chad. You know, I was <laughs> I was going to bring you know a bunch of protein powder. And then last minute, I was like, no, I can't be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Were you actually going to? Well, I was actually definitely very anxious about working out. And I was like, am I going to have to just like do push-ups in the, in the hotel room and all this? Like, how, how am I going to stay fit? Um, but the, and then I watched that episode, uh, that season, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like, you can't have fitness be a personality here. <laughs> <laughs> I think that applies to dating in general, fitness, at least for me. I have, if fitness is your personality. That's a, a no-go. It's a great, good piece of advice. Um, how did you work out? Um, how did I? Oh, uh, you know, th- there was a gym. And uh, but like due to like kind of quarantine rules, like we couldn't have too many people in the gym at one time. And we were always busy doing a lot of other stuff. So I usually like to go to the gym for like two hours or so in, in real life. But like... You know, we had to just kind of get in like, you know, 20 minute you know, short workouts. Um, I will say too, that the other recommendation I got was to watch Unreal. <laughs> Good so, job. so I go, I go in thinking, okay, there are going to be a lot of chads and they're going to be like very scary and manipulative producers. <laughs> and yet I still go through with it. Um, but I was like very, very happy to see that, you know, the, uh, it wasn't like unreal at all. You know, the producers were, were there to help you. So but, uh, the show and, thanks and you the, for I, saying that. Yeah. <laughs> well, except for maybe a few, mm. <laughs> they know who they are. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> and so, like, who were you close with in the house? And like, were you able to socialize because of COVID, or did you have to like? Uh, have groups or anything oh yeah yeah no we we were um you know everyone was vaccinated um and you know definitely socialized my uh i'd say my best friend was casey casey uh Dak yeah, Shepherd? He's, he's, yeah 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 hopefully you know <laughs> he won't always be compared to Dak Shepherd. uh yeah the what's wrong with Dax? From Miami. very su- uh, successful yeah. man um Okay, cool. I feel like we didn't get a lot of you or Casey on the show. Yeah, yeah. We were both just like the a, a, a Greek choir. We, we just commented on, on other people's <laughs> love lives and drama. Uh, no, it's... Uh, honestly, I, I was friends with practically everyone. Um, there, there really was a sense that it was like a, a brotherhood or the family. And yeah, like any family, we could get into fights. Uh, but uh, there, uh, uh, there definitely was a strong connection with, with everyone. Uh, and like group dynamics are different from one-on-one dynamics as well. Uh, like 
if I saw all those guys again in a group, I'd be very happy. But uh, that's different from like who I want to party with. It's also different from who I want to have like a, <laughs> a dinner conversation with. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So who's your top pick for dinner? And who's your top pick for like, you know, drinking buddy going to a bar or club or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> okay. For, for dinner, it's Casey and, and also Rick. Love Rick. Oh, uh, love Rick. Man also, on a plate. Yeah. Love Rick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, drinking. Oh, that's, that's tough. Um, there. Uh, it might sound surprising, but uh, it's a, a drink. Peter could be a fun person to drink with. <laughs> Pizzapreneur Peter? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, okay. he's, 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 he's in the, the food industry. And the... <laughs> so you're in here for the free pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, my the, the criteria for a good drinking buddy is different for a dinner conversation. Sure. sure, sure. What kind of pizza does Peter Peter make? Oh, uh, I think all kinds. Uh, you know, I'm not even sure. I need to go down. <laughs> Are you a pizza lover? Uh, like, since you grew up in New York, do you feel strongly about pizza? Oh, uh, I I like pizza. I love pizza. Uh, I don't have strong opinions on pizza. I'm not one of those guys who says you can't put pineapple on at all. I think that's interesting and unique. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Peter's the type of person who would not put pineapple on. Um, yeah, he. I think it's, he's thin crust. Um, Hmm. Okay. I don't have strong pizza opinions either. Of course, I like it, particularly like, you know, 2 a.m. It's wonderful. Got to have your slice shop nearby. I do have really strong opinions about bagels. Do you have any bagel opinions? Oh, yeah. I don't like bad bagels. See, like, (laughs) (laughs) see, I can eat a bad pizza slice because even a bad pizza slice can be really good at four in the morning after a concert. Uh, but a bagel, no, it's got to be the best. Um, I completely agree. A bad bagel is offensive to my constitution. I like get really upset. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up near CoStar's Bialy's on Grand Street. Uh, oh, and nice. Bagels. Uh, nice. Um, yeah, having a hard time picking off the top of my head other ones. But uh, that street also has the, the donut plant. So I like donuts. <laughs> I love well. donuts too. Love. Actually, I used to, when I lived in LA, donuts are like everywhere in California. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Um, of course there's Randy's donuts, very famous, but like, they're just everywhere. There's sidecar donuts, really good. Um, I feel very similar. I like, don't really have like very strong pizza opinions and I'm like, okay, cool. A slice. Great. But like a, a bagels, I care a lot. Also, I feel like, you know, you're close to both Ross and daughters and Katz's and lo- on Grand street. So real, real bagel Mecca. I love, I love Ross and daughters. Who doesn't? It's I mean, it's a classic. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> So from watching the show, like what was the, what what did you what was something you learned from the show that you didn't know was going on while you were on the show uh, about myself or other people? Both, just in general. Uh, like when you were watching, and you're like, "Huh, I didn't know that was happening," or like, "Huh, I didn't know I did this." All oh, answers I, accepted. I, oh, you mean as the show was air- okay? Well, I learned so much. Yeah, but first off, I well, I was gonna say I learned that I had that I have no game. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's true in real life or like just you don't have TV game? Uh, no, well, so actually I shouldn't say that I learned it because I, I knew that going in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, okay. So the biggest thing uh, that was on my mind and uh, it took a while for me to kind of you know, come out of my shell was um, uh, I, I felt kind of like behind a lot of the other guys in that being a STEM person, being a mathematician, a scientist, like I have no experience with 
performance, with selling, with just kind of being out there, with being aggressive, all that. And just like even the language I use, I I uh, I don't use decisive language. I'm always like, well, yes, maybe we have to consider all possibilities. It's just like just a very scientific way of speaking. Uh, so I was just amazed. Like the other guys, you know, a lot of them, you know, are salespeople. They're like, no, it's this way, it's that way. This is what I like. This is what I want. And just go go for it. Uh, so. Uh, I always felt like I was a little behind <laughs> in that regard. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I was very happy to see that you know the other STEM people, Leroy and Pardeep, uh, they, you know, we were kind of in a similar position uh, in that way. And uh, I think the show was definitely beneficial for all of us to really just learn how to, you know, uh, kind of steal someone for a second. Can I steal you for a second? <laughs> um. On this podcast, my co-host and I, Callie, we really wanted more of Leroy. We were like, we know there's a lot there. Like, why aren't we getting on TV? And also, we kept referring to him as Leroy Holiday because we thought he looked like the um, Holiday Brothers who play in the NBA. Uh, Drew, Justin, and Aaron. So <laughs> that was a bit of a bit. But I, I, I think that's a really good point. Like, so much of being on the show and something I talk a lot about is like, it's about emoting and it's not about having emotions. It's about like, it's literally about emoting and like showing them. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they, they say um, you should think before you speak. Um, but in an environment like that, you should throw that out the window and you should just <laughs> speak everything that comes to mind right away. <laughs> and uh, I, I've actually adjusted. I, my, I feel like my personality has changed somewhat from really the show. for the better. Oh, yeah, for sure. For the better. Yeah. Now I, you know, I speak up more at work, you know, nice. I lean in. That's good. that's great. I've got some problems with lean in, but that's great to hear that it's impacting your career professionally or positively. Um, the funny thing also is, I think Michelle is very much think before you speak. Like she's clearly a very deliberate and passionate, and and just like um, you can tell that what she says and what she does, she's like put thought into, and she's actually not like a rash person. Which yeah. when she when she was on Matt season, did you end up watching any of Matt season or just the Emmanuel watch show after the final roast? Yeah, yeah. I, I only watched the last episode. I'm sorry. I, I, I can't a I, bad I only fan. No, I you don't need to be a fan at all. I just find that hilarious because it was like the most um extraordinary in the literal sense, uh, piece of like Bachelor Nation in a really long time, maybe ever. Like Emmanuel Acho is like this total like Deus Ex Machina force and Matt and Rachel are engulfed in like this sort of national reckoning on race that's also really personal to them. Like the bachelor is not constructed to facilitate that kind of conversation. And I do think that this season was like a major, a, a big step forward. I'm actually kind of curious what you think about that too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that was great. Like I am joking about how, you know, I didn't have game. I didn't speak up, but you know, like Michelle definitely was, very patient and, and a good listener. And you know, we, we had, you know, we had nice moments. We did talk, but obviously in a show that's only an hour and a half every you know, week, you, you don't see everyone's you know, story. But um, so we, we, we all had time uh, with her. And uh, I, like, while we were on the season, like, we were talking about race and the number of times we talked about a, a light-skinned baller or just, like, <laughs> dynamics of uh, interracial dating and all this like while we were filming i was thinking oh like is is this all going to be on air are we keeping this this is kind of interesting um so i was very happy to see that uh a lot of that 
uh, did make it on air. And there were even deeper conversations in the one-on-one dates that I wasn't aware of while we were filming, but watching the show now, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm really happy that these things were addressed uh, during like Rodney's date and during the hometowns. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's, I mean, like I said, the show is like structurally not a, 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 like a suitable ve- vehicle for like very in- intense and like serious and necessary conversation. But it ha- it what it has been cool this season to see them take a step forward. And I think you know part of the the reckoning after George Floyd's death was a lot of institutions and people saying they were going to do things differently. And so you oh, know yeah. oh, most uh, people I haven't. Not- most people yeah, haven't. Yeah. So, but this is a small bit of a small bit of change. Yeah, um, I did not know that. Okay, so you were asking like, what have I learned and all. Yeah, I did not know anything about uh, the other guys' conversations with Michelle. So what's been interesting uh, to me is seeing like how it really went down. I didn't know that Joe mentioned George Floyd in his first conversation that first night with Michelle. So that uh, that was interesting. It's like, and it's kind of changing a little bit my perception of what was going on there. But when you're there in it, you really only can think about what you're doing and. Uh, your connection with Michelle and and all that. So the, the show it's it's been uh, amazing getting this bird eyes view. Now. <laughs> um, were you aware of all of the Jamie drama? I feel like that's like so in the rearview mirror because it was many weeks ago, but it was super weird. Like he just straight up lied based on the evidence I was given as a viewer. I'm curious what it was like to watch that versus experiencing being around him. Um. Well, the answer is no. <laughs> I, I was not aware, <laughs> and I, I was uh, I was embarrassed uh, after. Like, I think they did uh, include a clip of me saying I had drunk the Kool Aid, um, and they didn't really. I, I think the the show doesn't for. It makes sense that you can't show everything, but like we, there was a strong bond. There's a lot of excitement where uh, even though we are. Comp- against each other we were still just excited to be in palm springs together and um yeah jamie just somehow kind of took over the group and uh, what is it because we've been throwing around ted talk jamie and kool-aid jamie <laughs> and what a burn uh, <laughs> ted talk jamie that's that's tough <laughs> Yeah, jim jones jamie jim jones jamie uh <laughs> like um it's it's really hard for me to to fully explain just how so many of us were under his spell and uh i kind of get it i feel like i would have been under it too i could see it he he has an he has an incredible um uh backstory right and look he made us cry (laughs) He seems magnetic, like a politician. He opened up about his story. Half the guys in the room were crying. And then we went around one by one, sharing our unique backstories. And some people, other people have like tragic backstories too. And then we were just like all crying. Right. And then that, that, I was just like so distraught uh, that day. And like, uh, it was it was difficult. There were definitely difficult moments. So then, like after something like that, like we kind of went through what Michelle went through, where she has this incredible one-on-one date, right? And then trust Jamie so much. Uh, he pulled that same thing 
with the group collectively. Now, there are a few people who were who, who resisted that. Um, LT was one of them, uh, and uh, and Casey, I think, got there too. Uh, and there might have been one other person, but one person I do remember being um, uh, really good friends with Jamie and being so so heartbroken when he found out the truth was Brandon. Um, <laughs> that I, doesn't I still, surprise me. His, 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 yeah. <laughs> Wait, why doesn't it surprise you? <laughs> he has a real na- naivete to him in a sweet way. Like, he just seems very sweet. And so I, the fact that I feel like his being heartbroken is what doesn't surprise me. Like, I can oh, see him, like, God. taking things really, really deeply. Yeah. I, I was, yeah, I, I was sad that they didn't keep it in the edit, but I, like, it's kind of etched on my brain. Brandon looking at Jamie like, I can't believe you do this, man. You know, I, I looked up to you. I trusted you. And um, that was, <laughs> the brand was speaking for a lot of us <laughs> in that moment. Uh, and I just, I just, yeah, whatever. It's, well, am I being overly harsh on him? Oh, we didn't know anything yeah. about him slut shaming. Um, Michelle. Uh, Michelle. Spring break. And, yeah. Spring, yeah. Spring break mode. What's wrong with spring break mode? I mean, it's whatever. She's a bachelorette. Have fun. <laughs> That's her prerogative. Uh, he, yeah, I don't know. It's it, he, he got uh, really turned off by having to compete with the other guys. I don't know. I feel like he thought that he could just come in, swoop in, and, and take her away. Um, you might not be aware of this because you only ever watched Emmanuel Acho's one episode. Um, but on a previous season, that did happen. And I feel like we talked about this, that Claire, you've probably heard that oh, name at this yeah. point. No, I, just like pick Dale. I, yeah. And I feel like Jamie yeah. wanted the Dale treatment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, like I think part of me was secretly hoping that I could uh win over Michelle without going through any of the other <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I was like, can I can I show up and just like take her away and like not be on TV? <laughs> uh but uh and I think Jamie kind of took that to the extreme a little bit. Now, ironically, ended up being on TV a lot more because of all the antics he pulled. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, if it weren't Michelle, would you have gone on the show? Because you said you saw her. Like, were you particularly interested because you were interested in her, or was it a combination of being interested in her and just the experience? Uh, yeah, it was a combination of the two. I definitely thought, you know, uh, yeah, I was interested in her. Um, but I knew that, like, you know, there. Are, 30 guys and if it doesn't work out with her uh at the very least like the experience i think uh i knew back then that the experience would be something good for personal growth and kind of becoming more confident and uh learning about myself and dating um and that definitely has been the case so like i'm really happy about that um so yeah i felt like yeah, it was a bit of a gamble but i felt like it would be good for my uh, dating life and love life uh, <laughs> in general, whether ha- it has it been be with Michelle or not, um, well, to be determined. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I feel better. I, I, I'm, uh, you know, they say you have to love yourself first before you can, you know, love others. So I'm, uh, I'm halfway there. I'm uh, okay. loving myself more now. So. That's great. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> um, <laughs> One more bachelorette question, and then I actually want to talk about your LinkedIn activity that really piqued my interest. But like, like, do you like if you use LinkedIn as like a social network? But we'll come back to that. Um, were you aware of Michelle having met Joe before, and like, how much was that like a conversation in the house? Oh, um, 
No, I wasn't thinking about it. So, I guess I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we that first night we we see Joe, especially. So what happened was, um, I think Michelle came down the stairs and asked to speak with Joe, and we. Um, when she came down, we were all like super nervous. We're like, oh, is she going to pick me, pick me, pick me? Um, and then she goes straight for Joe. So then after that, we were just kind of speculating. It's like, oh, why did she come down and sing about Joe? And we all correctly did the do so because there's uh, they're both from Minneapolis. So there might be some connection. We didn't know how strong that connection was. We we didn't find out until later. It was just DMs. But definitely some people were like, uh, Oh, they're both from Minnesota, so maybe they know each other. And it wasn't anything beyond that. Um, not a single person was saying, oh, they probably dated each other or like they're secretly in a relationship and they're duping us. No one uh, uh, no one was that cynical. Right? Um, and we uh, and a lot of us just didn't care. We were like, like even if they had gone on dates or whatever, like it's, it's fun. Like, uh, 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 we never, yeah, we didn't feel like there was any law or rule <laughs> about the show where uh, there had to be no contact whatsoever. Uh, so yeah, Jamie just like took this to a whole nother place. <laughs> gotcha. Interesting. Okay. I feel like that's very mature, actually, of everyone. Like, yeah, they might know each other, but I, I agree. Like, obviously it hadn't worked out. There's a reason why you're all there. So it's not like such a huge, huge deal, but I don't know. Um, okay. So Romeo, you said you're very active on LinkedIn. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, let's see. Well, I have a LinkedIn premium account. <laughs> for one. <laughs> I think you're the first person I've met or at least to admit to that. So that means you can see who looks at your profile also, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I could see everyone working on my profile. <laughs> 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 I, I, I see more people looking at my LinkedIn profile than uh, than looking at my Instagram <laughs> every week. <laughs> uh, That's so funny. <laughs> uh, I uh, yeah. After I um, finished my PhD uh, at the end of 2019, I went on LinkedIn and I was like, okay, I, I need to get a job. And uh, so yeah, I, asked, I just what, like. What did you yeah. study? What was your PhD on? Um, applied math, um, and I focused specifically on. Uh, Climate science and climate change. Uh, so I uh, utilized like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um, yeah, I, I studied big data and machine learning and applied it to uh, uh, tropical uh, uh, weather forecasting. And um, now I'm still doing big data and machine learning, but I'm at a, a financial services startup. So I'm applying this to credit cards and finance and i nice i I love it i I love it you know maybe one day i'll return to clean energy and and climate um but uh i'm really liking the startup scene right now startups are fun you feel very at least in my experience you feel very invested in your work in a good way yeah yeah and uh yeah absolutely i (laughs) i you know we had a holiday party uh two days ago and there were 300 people when i first joined last year uh I was like the 70th employee. So we're growing very fast. And, wow. Uh, that, that, that was like a major part of the story of me going on the show, which was, I, uh, they reached out to me uh, four weeks after I started this job. And I finally, like, finally got this dream job. 
I, you know, after a year of COVID and kind of doing odd jobs here, here and there and uh, just like searching for that right job. Um, so I, my, my first concern was whether doing the show was going to be disruptive to like really uh, growing this career. Uh, so it, uh, so I'm very lucky that my CEO is a, a Bachelor fan. <laughs> How many weeks off did you need? Uh, well, I was getting ready to win and potentially take off uh, you know, for two months. <laughs> um, After you were um, eliminated, were you able to just go back to New York or did you have to like stay somewhere? Like, no, like how I, quickly I, do you return to your life? Oh, yeah. I, I was able to go back immediately. Oh, that's good. What was the first text message you responded to when you turned your phone back on? Uh, this is not going to be happy, but <laughs> I uh, I found out that my great aunt had passed away. So my first move oh, was no. to my first. Yeah, I was somehow eliminated uh, after she passed away, but before the funeral. So the first thing I did was just hop on a plane and go to New Orleans. So, but it was a wonderful, pleasant. It was a great ceremony. It actually was the perfect thing. Um, as a, as a buffer between the reality show and real world, which was just being with family for a few days and uh, celebrating the life of my great aunt, who uh, she was, herself, she was um, an actress and did some, did some movies. She was on like Law and Order, all this. So there were a oh, bunch nice. of actors and politicians at the funeral. It was, uh, it was very lovely. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, I'm glad you at least were able to be with family. Sounds like that in some ways was good timing, although also bad timing. Sorry <laughs> yeah, for your loss. yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I wish I had like uh, something more fun, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a real it's a real answer. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I do re- I do remember being angry in the limo going back to the airport. <laughs> I, I was not in a good mood. <laughs> I, was, I can't I was, imagine. Rejection's rejection stinks. Who I, likes that? I was I was sloppy, I think. Yeah. I I, I think I went on Instagram and I was like, okay, let's uh, what's my next move? For dating, (laughs) (laughs) sounds like a a real life breakup. Um, You know, you just got to get on your phone, see see who else is out there, wherever they may be. So I understand. Um, uh, Would you go on any of these shows again? Like, if they asked you to Paradise, would you do it? Uh, Maybe, yeah. Um, I've gone back and forth on this. Um, We'll we'll see if they they like me after uh, this interview, (laughs) where I've spilled all their secrets. (laughs) I don't think you have. It's not yeah. it's not been too risque. Also, I'm like way more interested in your stance on pizza than like Jamie. So it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I you know, I I miss I miss the producers. Uh some of them are nice. my, my very good friends. Um uh, and I miss some of the other guys. And um yeah, I'm definitely interested in what it could be. Yeah, like have another shot. Like um, now that I understand more about uh, myself and the process, and I can really get out of my head. Uh, I think you know it. It would be nice to to have a, another go at it and, and see what it's like to uh, to have a connection that lasts longer or that that grows to something more. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I'll just say my general advice for the people who I talk to who I like, and I also think they have like legitimate careers. You shouldn't do it. There's so little to gain other than maybe meeting someone, but you live in New York. You'll meet someone. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. So, you know, I, I go back and forth on this a lot. Uh, the most there is to gain is followers. Yeah. Well, so I will say, oh, and Sarah's joining. Um, uh, <laughs> it's, it's already too late, Sarah. <laughs> um, I will say that one of the things I really did appreciate about the whole process is that um, I'm like, I didn't know this until recently, but apparently I am a bit of a workaholic. Um, mm. And maybe that should have been clear by the fact that I didn't party at all in my 20s. I did a PhD and I work Saturdays and Sundays. Um, so by, cho- by choice or because you have to? Yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out. You know, uh, talk, to, <laughs> talk to my therapist every week, but we try to figure this out. Um, I I really deeply relate to that. I think, like I said, when you're invested in your work, it's hard not to. Because, because I was thinking earlier, oh, it's just because I like my work. And then I realized, is it that I like my work or is it that I'm avoiding something? Hiding you know? in your work. Many of the things you said remind me of the musical Rent. I don't know if you've ever seen it. There's oh, no, a lot I've of, been told to see it. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of lyrics that relate to this. <laughs> yes, I like, I know in theory, I could download a dating app and they, I can, I don't know, ask friends of friends and all this. But in practice, I'm just like, uh, it's just hard for me to get to a point where I just like want to relax and go out and all this stuff. Um, so uh, what was great about the dating show I was on <laughs> and any future ones I go on is that, uh, well, they took, I didn't have my phone. I didn't have a computer. And there was nothing to do but to to think and focus about what you want and uh, in a relationship, um, and it was it was a wonderful experience. So now I'm trying to incorporate more of that in my everyday. And uh, yes, maybe I don't need to go on another show, but I I do feel like there there's more to gain, more to learn, more more growth to be had. Um, it's it's that environment. Like I would kind of do it again. Um, let's see. Even if there were no cameras, I would do it again. But, I, but then I think <laughs> no one would want to do it. Oh, you know what? That's called polygamy. It it's called poly- <laughs> No, like the process is addictive and it's good. Like I can see a situation where people would pay. People do this, right? People people pay to join dating yeah. apps. People pay to, to go to a nightclub. Yeah. People pay to join a matchmaking service. Bumble just I- uh, IPO'd I would, for like a ton of money. So of course people there's 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 revenue there <laughs> i i would pay to go into a bubble and not look at my oh, it's kind of like rehab too <laughs> <laughs> i do think that is a big appeal of paradise for people uh, it, like and when this past summer when becca kufrin was on it like we talked on this my pod a lot about how like for her it was kind of an ideal dating scenario where she, everyone knew who she was she didn't have to like explain that much and it's like a real life dating app essentially like without the without the phone which does sound better because phones are I think problematic, but for, for for another podcast. Yeah, but uh, I I will keep your uh, yeah uh, <laughs> your advice in mind. But like the way I see it, yeah, so we don't have to pay for it. Other than I mean, the way I was thinking about it was that this was the show was some of the best therapy I've had in my life, and the the price I had to pay was uh, letting it all be recorded on TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Luckily, you're. It seems like you. Uh, there was not as much on air as maybe there could have been of your personal therapy, which I think is probably a win, even if it means that you weren't on the show as much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a, I, see, I use them. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I just have a couple more questions for you. One, the first of the end is, um, I was like, can I ask him about his side career as a romance novelist? But then I I saw that you debunked that. Have a lot of people been asking you if you write uh, romance novels? Yeah, yeah, a bunch of people. (laughs) I was, (laughs) I was hanging out with Pardeep, and he was like, "Wait, what's your next move? What are you going to do?" We're talking, and and uh, I was just shocked because, like, he was saying very matter of factly, "He's like, you're going to blow up. Your romance novels are going to get so big." And I'm like, wait, you think I wrote that? <laughs> and <laughs> I it took so me a too, solid five minutes to con- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I was, I mean, it was great. Like, I, I wish, I mean, I, I like, I, I wish I could have that much productivity in me to do all the things I do and also write novels like that. Um, I, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's cool. It's, it's funny. Um, and maybe one day I'll find a guy <laughs> who's using the same name as me. Uh, yeah, I don't know how he chose that name. Uh, it's probably just coincidence. I mean, Romeo, I suppose, is a natural name for a romance writer. But the, the last name being Alexander, that's like, there were a lot of other last names to choose. Don't people know that Romeo dies? I mean... Yeah, that... Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll just tell you, my dad also named... My, also, my dad was also instrumental in naming me. And I'm not, I'm named for Dr. J, uh, Julia Serving. And oh. also my mom, um, like, is a really, really big literature fan, as is my dad, but my mom particularly of, of British literature and the and the, the tradition. So um, I mentioned I was going to tell you that's how I got my name. Um, and just in general, like, how has it been, like, back in the world, like, being out on, in New York? Like, do people stop you? Oh, no, no, no one recognizes me. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of best case scenario i think yeah you know, I, 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 think, I hope they don't find that offensive but like no. i feel like it's good to go on tv and then be able to return to your life yeah i think part of it is um i'm always changing my look uh, i had dyed hair like martin i have a mustache now like pj this it started I like off, it it started I like off it. ironic um and i just haven't had time to shave but there was a mustache competition at the holiday party uh, uh did you win yeah. <laughs> No, <laughs> was, I lost again. I, I was standing there with the other guys, like seven guys in a row. We were being judged. And I was like, this is bring back flashbacks. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's been great. I mean, so the other thing that was wonderful was when I was eliminated, I looked at the news and saw that my company had had doubled in valuations. That was, that was very good news. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm just kind of throwing myself into work. But I'm also trying very hard to not be that workaholic who doesn't have fun. Um, I'm trying to balance everything. I I did go out to a concert yesterday. I I didn't go to concerts before this year. Uh, and the pandemic. What concert was it? Uh, yesterday was uh, Polo and Pan, uh, like a French electronic group. Um, and uh, and I, I guess I like electronic music festivals and, and concerts now. You should be friends See, with I, my brother. He's the oh, same. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't, he's like, like talking about these people. I don't know who they are. Yeah. <laughs> it's something, it could be a polarizing issue because like my ABC bio, it said, um, I'm a romantic, likes to go salsa dancing, go to museums. And they made me seem like, uh, well, I mean, it's the truth. It is me. But then you, you scan down. It's very erudite. It caught, it caught my eye. <laughs> yeah. And then you see this one line. It's like, wants, wants to go to Burning Man one day. Not has gone to Burning Man, but wants to. And that, that was, 
that in that one line, a lot of people were reading a lot of potential red flags or something. <laughs> um, like drug use? Like what? Oh, like um, like I have a, a wild side, or uh, you, it I, sounds like you'd like to have a wild side. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I'd like to. I don't know if I'm succeeding yet. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think concerts are a good start. I mean, where was it? What was the venue? Uh, Avant Gardner, Brooklyn Mirage. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. yeah, okay. It was my second time there this year. Yeah. What was the first one? <laughs> the first one was Boris Breka, and he's a German uh, techno artist. And uh, do you yeah. speak French? Uh, yeah, I speak French. My mother's French, and that's why I spoke French that, that first night out the limo. Um, but like, I'm actually very self conscious about my accent because. Even though I speak French fluently and I speak with my mother and, and all my cousins, I have an American accent, and I, I've never really bothered going through the work of getting rid of it. Uh, so I, I saw a lot of comments. People were like, not sure uh, where my accent was from or why I was speaking French. Uh, but yeah, that was just a, a nod to my roots. Nice. Um, I think it's okay to have an American accent. You're American. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, what can, what can you do? I don't feel like when people speak English and it's not their first language, you don't expect them to speak English as if it was their first language. So that's that's on the French. If they have a problem with that, that's on them, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, Romeo, thank you so much for doing this and, and chatting with me. I, like I said, I've been looking forward to it since I read your bio. It's oh. a, truth, a true thrill, especially because I was like, we talked about off mic, but I was like, he went to Stuyvesant. I went to Bronx Science. His name is Romeo. We talked about New York. I was just, I knew it was going to be good. So thank you so much. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it as well. Uh, thank you to Erica Cervantes for producing this. And um, I think the next episode is going to be uh, Fancy Suites. So lots to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, everyone. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.